supported. Um. All right, and welcome back, everyone, to the Nova Files podcast. It's me here. Uh, I'm Peter from Medallion Comics, and I'm joined by. I'm Dylan from UP Trees Inc. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, the the very 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 slow to release Creepy Trees Inc. Dude, trust me, I know how that feels. <laughs> like I've had my scripts written for like five years, and I think I'm only three issues in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think I I I um I had a bit of a problem with my hands over the last one so it, if we had we had twins uh, in October and then that was all good getting some work done and then with all the hand sanitizers and all, all this type of jazz it turns out my hands um, were actually allergic to the recommended oh that sucks dose for of alcohol of stuff for the hand sanitizers to work so um, then I couldn't actually really use my hands uh, at all. So I couldn't draw or anything like that for a very long time. Um, and finally, finally got back to it. it it's been pretty annoying because there's only, there's this, in this current book I'm working on, there's only really two more pages left to, to, to do. And so I've just been looking at these two kind of blank pages for it's going, once I can bend a finger, I'll be able to get back to it. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're doing uh, better, but like, man, that really sucks. Sorry to hear that. Dylan? Um, I think, do you know what? There's, there, there's been worse stuff going on, you know, than a, a delayed few pages of drawing. Um, as I say, we, we, had, we had twins as well, so... Uh, there's a lot to be positive about. Uh, the hands are back working now again, thankfully. But um, yeah. I'm happy to hear that. Sure, look, new year, new pace. No, by the way, I think there's a bit of a lag, but uh, we'll work um, through it. Um, just to give you an idea what's going on here, I'm in uh, Montreal in Quebec. And mm -hmm. they've been like imposing more and more mandates here. Like, I think in one city, in like a few cities over in Ottawa, they're doing this big trucker rally protest that's going on today which i i don't get the point of it personally but like you know here there are certain impulse like oh you need a vaccine passport to get into certain stores so you can't get into walmart without a vaccine passport mm -hmm. you have to be double vaccinated you have to be this you have to be that it's you have to show a piece of id with your uh, vaccine passport too it's it's a whole uh, shitty affair like you know I, the beginning was a for this all the like I, I was for all this stuff in the beginning, but now it's getting like this is starting to get really ridiculous. I um I heard about the trucker rally actually. Really? Um yeah, because it's it's about the whole where did I hear it from? Oh yeah, apparently um the I, the actress Evangeline Lilly has uh been apparently only popped up as like a, a an entertainment headline uh yesterday that she's been very outspoken about i'm not gonna stand six feet from anybody and all this type of thing uh while 
admittedly she is she apparently she is uh, vaccinated and everything like that but it's a the fight for uh, bodily autonomy um like those who choose not to be vaccinated they shouldn't be kind of ostracized from society um and it's yeah i don't know there was talk of it over here in ireland that they very very briefly look at then we've the government here uh just eliminated pretty much all bar bar a very small amount pretty much all the restrictions here are gone um like out of the blue everyone thought it was gonna happen in about two months from now and uh, the government turned around and says not at all just do it now so yeah just yeah. to give you an idea of like the whole ostracizing thing i have a friend and this friend um was supposed to get the second vaccine but then they caught covid so they, they couldn't get the second vaccine and they had to wait a certain amount of weeks and because they already had one dose of the vaccine and got covid they weren't technically adequately protected so they were supposed to get a job and they couldn't get the job because they weren't double vaccinated and then finally they, were, they went to go get the second dose and they said oh it hasn't been long enough you have to come back so they try to book a new appointment and then it says oh it shows in our records you already got the second dose so they had to go back just one day it's like hey i need the second dose but you're already, you already caught covid you should be fine for three months bitch it's been i can't get jobs i can't go into places i need the second dose there was this whole shit show but I think anyway. it, yeah especially with such a big country you know i think this is really the issue um like it can be like i i come from a tiny island so we, we wouldn't necessarily have that bit of a rigmarole there's still there has, still has been you know i think we're as may say we're towards the end of this now it's becoming endemic but there's been so many ups and downs in every country with but i think the problems the the bigger the country obviously the bigger the problems because it's just like how do you how do you manage something like this in mm. a country this size where you have something like your friend where he's like I, I need this. I didn't get it. I am f actually fighting you now to get it. Yeah. It's you know. really fucking ridiculous. Oh, but anyways, enough about all this depressing stuff. Let's talk about some more fun stuff. So new year, new projects. Tell me what you're working on. Where are you at with your stuff? Um, well, as a sleep, the, the artwork now finally on the cusp being finished. So I have uh, all the story is written. I just need to implement the text boxes and then we're, which is great. The turnaround of that won't be very long um, once the artwork is finished. So really looking forward to that. And then I have a script written for just a kind of a one one off story not related to anything um, called uh, This Cold House. And uh, then I actually started writing Within the Woods too. Again, mm -hmm. believe it or not, yeah, yeah. I felt this kind of, when the hands started working again, I felt this crazy level of inspiration, just like, let's just <laughs> let's throw go. everything out there. Yeah, really. and. Um, kind of buzzing I was, I was up until about three o'clock in the morning uh, last night just kind of drawing stuff out mapping stuff out um 
uh, it helped. I also had half a bottle of wine, so the creative juices were really, really flowing. But um, I, I'm not yeah, sure about like creative juice, but go on. It, uh, I'm European, so it's the only way we create. And um, <laughs> so it, it just kind of, there's thankfully now, you know, yeah, the artwork will come when the artwork comes. Um, just because, as you know yourself, life gets in the way. We all have jobs. As I know, I've, I've become a father of three. So, um, but the this the foundations are there for a lot of stuff, which is exciting. It, it's the most prep um, ever in in kind of history of creepy trees as a, as a comic book create creative thing. Um, so, really looking forward to that. I mean, there is notebooks everywhere now that have the beginnings of stories in them and the layouts for everything, which is, which is really exciting. Nice. Happy um, to hear that. And we all, and I also have the first 10 pages of Nightlands 2 written. So sequel, eventual sequels, you know, like 20 years later, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about yourself? Uh, myself? Uh, well, the third issue of uh, Zenith Nights came out uh, towards the end of last year. So I'm very happy about that. So what happened because of that, I was going back and forth with my artist when we we're going over issue four. And you know how it is like when you want feedback on your stuff and people are just too nice to give you proper feedback. So finally my artist goes to me, he's like, dude, I, I like what you're doing here, but there's too much going on. You should really focus on one thing. This bit here would work better in the next issue. So I ended up rewriting issue four completely. So basically issue four is gonna be one like really awesome bombastic fight scene to finish off the first four issues, which are gonna be one collection. So because of that, I have to redo issue five. So I'm bringing in the elements I took out from issue four, bringing them into issue five. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's got so much inspiration on how to redo issue five completely. And I'm just like, shit, I'm gonna have to rewrite this from scratch at this point. Doesn't affect the later issues, but I'm just like, oh God, I'm just gonna have to do a lot of rewrites. <laughs> but I have time, I have time. That's probably, it's gonna be a while before that issue comes out. Yeah, yeah. And then it comes to uh, my new series. Like uh, you've, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I showed you the scripts for them, right? So you gave them a good read? Yes. Yeah. So that's it, like I've um, been, yeah. Yeah, the, the, well, Okay. Just fighting the delay. So it's like, I mean, everyone's busy and ready to rock, you know, I think, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So I wrote the first four issues of my new series and I'm kind of blocked at issue five. It's always issue five, that, that's where it gets me. So um, I've been working on the fifth issue and I've just been going back and forth, back and forth of like, oh, what's the, the thing that works best here? You know, what works best in this issue? How should I build it? And I've been going back and forth. I'm like, okay, cool. I have an idea. No, wait, I don't like that idea. Let me let me go redo it. Because it's kind of the halfway point of the, of the series. So I know how it's going to end. And I know everything I want to build at that point. I know what I'm going to start building when it gets to the denouement. But it's this point here that I just want to like, is way introducing the characters. Or who do I give a more backstory to? Because I'm like, okay, we've been moving really quickly through the story. So let's actually take some time and like look a little bit at the character's past and all that. And it's been going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm just like, okay, I just literally need to get more of this done. 
but I've been, you know, getting more and more inspired lately. So hopefully I'll have something that, uh, that relatively works soon. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one when you're, when you're in that phase, you know, I think, what were we, what were we looking at the other day? where you're like, okay, you're in the midpoint. And then I think a lot of the time is when it's usually where people tend to like, this is where I'm going to drop like a twist or this like, or like, or do like the Scooby-Doo reveal of, oh my God, this, there's actually this person who was behind this the whole time. Um, yeah, it's, it's, do you know, you have your beginning, your middle and your end. And when those three, the in-between is the stuff that's really fun, but it's those middle that's, those kind of major points where you really and this got anybody who listens who's thinking of writing a story or somebody's in the middle of it if you're in the middle of it we hear you we know exactly what you're on what you're talking about we feel your pain if you're just starting out on something you're going to hit that mountain and don't pretend like you won't Do you know um we was, I was looking at the stills for the new, or the, like the, the image that came in the new Lord of the Rings series. And it kind of does make me think of that. Like, I'm pretty sure when Tolkien got to the middle of all this, he hit a wall. <laughs> Do you know? Um, everybody does. Because I, I kind of, just even from my own sense, I took a lot, of, I, I did take a lot of that healing time with the hands to kind of reevaluate and go, there's so much pressures on everything anyway. And we put this pressure on ourselves as creators as we're trying to do this and get our names out there and enter and make something that's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, I'm going in with an attitude now. If it's like, if I'm in, if I'm getting starting to get to an annoyed or to a point where I'm not enjoying the creative process of it, that for me now, what I'm doing is looking at going, okay, walk away from it, come back to it. What's the one element really stands out to you at that point? And then that's like, that's like your creative brain telling you, look, this is what you, this is the direction you need to go, if you will. Um, do you know, I think about it like, it's kind of like the way David Bowie allegedly used to write songs of just coming up random words and pulling them out of a hat to make the sentences together. Do you know, um, I think it is kind of like that. There is one thing I'll add to that. If you keep walking away from it, you might get too far away from it. Like I know sometimes I really got to just sit down and work and work at it, you know? So you got to find the right mix of when to walk away, when to take a break and when to like really sit down and focus because especially in this day and age, like it's so easy for us to get distracted by just about anything, you know? I just picked up the new Pokemon Legends yeah, Arceus yeah. game and I can't wait to play it. But mm-hmm. I have to be like, I want to get to a certain point in my writing before I take a break. You know, I got to finish this before I play these games because I know when I start playing these games, they completely take over my, my mindscape. So I'll be like, okay, cool. I got to make sure I finish this before I get to this. And the other thing is, as writers and creators, we know where the story is going, ideally, right? So you also have to remember that you know all yeah. about your character. You know his motivations, but then you got to make sure the reader knows those things because just because you're creating the story, you're writing it out, they're going through the motions, doesn't mean that your reader understands what these characters are going through, what's motivating them. 
And sometimes by just writing and getting to the action and getting to the good bits, you might stop and forget to, well, what's motivating my character? Why are they going through this? Why are they doing what they're doing? Hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at in the story right now. I'm just like, you know what? I want to take a minute to actually let these characters breathe and get a chance to learn, uh, learn more about them. Like, obviously do it in the yeah. fun, uh, sexy way that I'm very much enjoying with my story. But um, that's it. You just got to take the time to really build your character and show the reader what you know or get, uh, have them understand a little bit of where these characters are coming from. Because it's so easy to take a character from point A to point B, but there's always the why is he going from point A to point B? And you also got to explain that in a relatively organic way not force it and that's uh, the big yeah, thing totally. in writing yeah no i, t I totally agree with that that it's that even though now it's starting to in the woods too do you know we're with them like that of <clears throat> we we have book one uh stuff happened in us and then that with all this time away from it, I do also realize that we still don't really know why the main character is doing what they're doing. We have a vague sense of it. So I'm at the, I'm kind of at that stage now within the woods, writing the 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 finally this kind of chapter of it where you're like, <clears throat> there has to it has to be beyond this base level thing. We have to dig deep, a little bit deeper, figure it out, and I also think of introducing again the flashback. Um, so the way um, the way I work with everyone in the comics is uh, as I've probably talked about before many times, but uh, we either film or we photograph everything. Mm -hmm. So now going back, it, it's me and my if, obviously spoiler in the next book. If you're what if you've seen any of, of me or a picture of me in any previous podcast or even in this, if it goes on the YouTube channel or something like that. Oh, right now we're doing audio myself and pretty much. Oh, great. So here's the thing I put myself in all the books because I don't pay models to do to sit with the drawings. So <laughs> um, it's myself and my fiance who are <laughs> most of the books. And um, now going back and doing issue issue two of this, like, I think, you know, there five years apart, things have changed. You know, my hairline has gone back about three inches. Um, but um, it, it's, it's just, yeah. I, I, you know, it's just one of those things as you're saying, like trying to get into it. And it looked, it's funny to start to think about it. Like we all, again, we all have this point in our in our writing journey you know and i think there are times we feel like such an island doing that i know i do at times where i'm saying like I'm like but it's just why is it always me why is it why is it always happening you know you're like we can't all be like stephen king in his kind of coked up heyday just churning out books oh my God. you know my guy just sits down shits one out and he's rolling in money <laughs> like that's just the, that's that's the dream eventually you know um uh, let's be but, honest. but even i i had the time recently to even watch movies again and um 
like even that me a whole new lease of inspiration. I, I watched a movie that I have been desperate to see and desperate to come out for a long, long time. And um, what movie? Even just seeing that uh, the Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, I actually just watched that last week too. We can talk about that. We, it's giving me such a, a sense of like jumping back into it. it it's crazy i'm a huge ghostbusters fan it means it's one of those movies that means an awful lot to me it's one of my favorite movies and, oh, i love um, growing up too like i remember watching the real yeah. cartoon all the time i had so much fun with that then they made Extreme yeah 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 there's a, a blast i love those shows if i if we didn't have uh twins i would have uh i would have jumped in on hasbro's limited run of proton packs I, I don't know if you can um, see it from, uh, from where you are, but I have one of the uh, uh, special Transformers Ghostbusters crossovers. Uh, they made a transforming Ecto-1. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's basically Ecto-1, but it's an Autobot. That's a... That is, oh, I don't know. Is that a movie we'd want to see? <laughs> All the proton packs turn out to be like... Yeah, it has that a robot cool. back too, and everything. Uh, actually, uh, if you want to, if you want to track it down, they made a Ghostbusters and Transformers crossover comic. And it was actually, I might try to track that down. Yeah, it, it's a very interesting concept. I'll just tell you the a bit of the first issue. Uh, basically, you know the story of the Transformers, the Autobots and Decepticons leave Cybertron because it's dying. Blah blah blah. So what happens is the Autobots leave, and the Decepticons are getting ready to leave. But Gozer the Traveler comes to Cybertron. And it says, choose the form of your destroyer. And it becomes a giant version of Starscream and just starts wrecking the planet. So basically, the Autobots are doing their own thing out in space, whatever they want, because the Decepticons are all dead because they were killed by Gozer. But what happens is that Starscream's ghost shows up on Earth. And uh, then the ghosts of the Decepticons come to Earth uh, and then, like, the Ghostbusters and the Autobots have to deal with them. And there was even a special uh, limited edition um, Optimus Prime um, uh, Ghostbuster, too. They gave him, like, the colors from the Ghostbusters, and he had, like, uh, it was basically the Optimus Prime toy with a new color scheme and a proton pack. Mm. So that oh, was That's fun. cool, though. Yeah. Have you read uh, Ghostbusters International? No, but I've been hearing good things about the Ghostbusters comics. That is... It that is a really fun series and um it's somewhere i think if we get more movies it's most definitely going in that direction um, well, yeah actually because i think they, they dropped that oh yeah we're from the home office yeah okay so let's talk um, about it let's talk about ghostbusters afterlife because i i need to talk about it with somebody so overall what do you think of um well I think it was really brilliantly done, to be honest. Um, there, yes, it did. There are there's a lot of nostalgia factor to it, obviously. Um, but I, I don't think you could you you can't escape from a heavy nostalgia from a Ghostbusters movie because it's it's been so long since we've seen one and it means so much to so many people. Um, but I think it did the nostalgia elements very well. I thought the intro was a of the whole movie was a great um, tribute to Harold Ramis. Yeah, um, yeah, the intro itself was a bit of a mini horror movie. 
I would agree, and I do think if there are, and uh, just to skip ahead a little bit, if there are more movies within this franchise, I think we would end up with a solid horror movie, Ghostbusters, not a horror comedy. Um, I think the potential for that is there, maybe on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I just thought it was it was really really well done. Um, oh yeah, like the, the cast movie, the, yeah. the cast kids were brilliant. Yeah, and the kids like uh, spoiler alert the the main characters of the story they're basically the the grandkids and the kids of uh, uh, Egon. So mm. long story short, Egon basically abandons his family because lo and behold, he found out where Gozer was going to pop up next. So he took all the Ghostbusters gear and he set himself up in a certain place and everyone thought he went crazy and he abandoned them. It's just that it was Egon being Egon. And um, what I liked is like Egon's ghost is actually in the movie too. It's like, you kind of realize it right at the beginning, you know, like the, the spectrometer is going off. But just like having him interact with his granddaughter, having him interact with his uh, daughter, just like, you know, moving the light around. It's just like the small touches like that. Like, you know, he's there. And even the daughter's like, oh, I met my grandfather the other day. (laughs) Just like nonchalant. Yeah. I thought that it was like, yes, it was very obvious from the get go. But um, I thought it was, it was just really well done. So you have almost this little this like inside this bigger idea you have like this casper the friendly ghost thing going on inside a movie which is about catching scary ghosts and um i was gonna say i one um so i think it was it was really well done in that end um when it gets down to it, and when you finally see one of the, the, the original Ghostbusters um, and the explanation of what they thought happened with Egon, I think was really well done. Yeah. Of how they're all kind of in this mental headspace where they still, they kind of miss him, but they still hadn't really, like Ray in particular, never really forgave for what happened. Yeah. It's like, Egon um, can go to hell. He's dead. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but it's interesting that they did because that was the original premise for uh, the original Ghostbusters three, but it was meant to be Vankman. Yeah, because um, they didn't want to get the actor. Yeah. <laughs> they were like that. Yeah, he didn't. He he didn't really want to do another one apparently originally. So the uh, original third script was called Ghostbusters Go to Hell, um, where apparently in the first like half an hour Vankman dies and comes back as a ghost. So because he didn't, he wanted to stop making the movies at that point. Yeah. And he said it was the only way to get him back was to kill him off. And I think it's really, again, just bringing it back to all this previous material that we all know of so much. Um, and that with the, obviously with the passing of Harold Ramis, I think it was just all done really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, deep fake one thing technology is really good these days. Like, they just like- It's crazy. Yeah, well, it helped the fact that he's a ghost. So, like, he doesn't have to look 100% authentic. But, man, the things they're doing with movies nowadays with this deep fake stuff is really good. That, that was really good. Um, now, I, I felt a little bit strange in the way, like, when we get towards the end and, like, he's, you really see him and he's helping her a little bit. Like, did Egon care about people that much? um you know in general like um there was a little bit of that like this caring kind of figure to him we were like you know 
the two movies and all the material we've seen him, he's not that personable with anybody, <laughs> even if they are his own, they are his own family. Um, but I also think it does justice to um, Winston Zeddemore, that character. And the hint that, you know, he's actually potentially going to lead all of the franchise because he was he was cut out of a lot of it. I think he always felt a little bit tacked on in, in the in the first two movies, especially in the video game. If you play the video game, he's very much like we need someone to say something. Just give him a line. Yeah. Um, well, he was the hired help, you know, he wasn't. Um, yeah. We, we forget, you forget, but he's not a scientist. He's just like the extra muscle. And um, true. Yeah, I think in the cartoon, though, they made him a little bit more developed. Uh, until like they did, because it, between Ghostbusters 2 and the video game, he actually gets his PhD. Oh, good. Yeah, he actually gets a doctorate. Um, so now it lo- obviously it looks like now he he's turned around into this uh, you know multi billionaire tycoon, but there's all that there happens like so. Um, but even in, again in the video game where they have developed me, he, he has his PhD. He's still kind of just given one or two scenes, and then you never really see much of him. But I think hopefully now this 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 would change that because I do I do believe we would get more movies from this. Um, I need to track down that game though. Like I, I never got a chance to play. It. I think my buddy has it. I need to borrow it from him because I always wanted to play it. Like it's basically the unofficial Ghostbusters three. Yeah. Um, it's a I it's available to download. Do you what, what platform are you on or are you PC master? <laughs> Xbox. I think it's available on on Xbox to download. I'm not too sure now, so don't quote me out, but um, because I had a copy, uh, and obviously there wasn't backwards capability on the PS4, so then it eventually got remastered and I downloaded it. And still, every now and again, it's only 10 hours, so like every every now and again, I'll be like, I think tonight we'll, we'll do, we'll yeah, do it's this. Available. It's available. Hard to finish. Um, the Xbox One version is $30, or I can buy it for my 360 and pay $15. I'll probably do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand why it would be 30, but however. Um, but yeah, and I thought it was, it was really well done. I uh, really liked the J.K. Simmons cameo. Wait, who do you play? Um, Evo, uh, Evo oh, right, yeah, he played uh, the, the guy in the, the fucking chamber, yeah, yeah. The architect, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what happened to him, I thought, was the most, probably the most gruesome thing they've actually done in a Ghostbusters, any uh, Ghostbusters material. I didn't expect it, um, but it's all the better for it, I think. Yeah, it's like, um, oh, cool, there's this Easter egg that's been in all of the movies. Whatever happened to this guy? Oh, now we know. Oh, and there he goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I th- what else could you say about it really? For I, I, me, I don't think I was I was ever going to hate anything about it to be honest with you because uh, I waited for something like that for so long. I had very high hopes for that uh, uh, Kristen Wig uh, reboot. 
um, I I don't really have a problem with that movie. I just don't think it's a very good Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Um, I think the problem with it, it, hit, is... it hit, tried to hit you with the nostalgia stick a bit too much and didn't have that substance. Yeah, the, the problem with it, if it wanted to go the nostalgia route, it should have been a passing of the torch movie rather than its own standalone mm-hmm. thing where it's just rebooting or retreading the original. In yeah. the sense that, like, somebody was saying, like, you know, what if the girls just upgraded the tech and you have them passing the, they're, they're inheriting the Ghostbuster stuff. It's all, you know, and I think I like about this movie is they established like, oh yeah, what happened in New York, that's common knowledge. Like some people don't believe it, but you know, there was a thing that's like, oh, back in like the eighties, ghosts overtook New York. That's like common knowledge. But um, the problem with the Kristen Wiig movie is that it went a little too hard in the comedy. And I just, honestly, some of those actors, I just don't, find them that funny it's like i forget the name of like one of the main ladies was melissa hard i don't remember her name i find that i just don't like her comedy very much it's very try hard funny Hmm. it's like a less funny version of chris farley yeah i i I get it that there's yeah and especially you look at (sighs) that one I, I don't I don't really want to say I'll watch it for just uh, I think the ghosts are really well done in it um but there's a lot of non-stop talking yeah whereas really when you look at some yeah whereas you look at something like Ghostbusters in general and there's a lot of non-talking that it still explains everything um I think partially that that was a sign of where movies were at that time Joe, mm-hmm. you know, what was it? It was about 2016. Um, I think comedies in particular had gotten a bit, had gotten quite stupid. Yeah. Um, in that dark time four or five years ago. Um, but I think the potential for the movie theaters. Yeah, I think the potential for that to to come back as its own thing is still there, especially if again you've read the Ghostbusters comics, the IDW runs, because all the Ghostbusters of different dimensions are aware of each other. Mm, that's good. The thing I like is... Uh, because um, Egon builds an interdimensional gate. Uh, now, obviously, it won't be Egon in this franchise, but it's still that they they all jump through dimensions to each other when needed. Like, all the Egons, it's like a Council of Ricks thing. So, like, there's like <laughs> this folk Council of Egons kind of thing. Um, Council of Wells. But... Uh, but it works within the Ghostbusters in the Ghostbusters kind of universe. Oh, I believe it. Um, I remember uh, I was reading one of the IDW books and I noticed like one of the girls from Extreme Ghostbusters was in it. And even then, I really enjoyed Extreme Ghostbusters mm. as a concept. Like, oh, cool. Like uh, Egon's teaching the next generation of kids. You know, there was no more ghosts. All the other Ghostbusters retired. They had to upgrade the gear and like, He's more of the, him and Janine are more the, the support and the mentor roles. And like, honestly, you just do that as a movie and it would have been fine. Like, just literally make extreme Ghostbusters and people would have eaten it up. I agree. Uh, um, I, I think, again, I think the door's open to all that now. I think the problem with extreme Ghostbusters was it was a little it was probably a little bit too much ahead of its time <laughs> yeah. for, do you know what I mean? For like, for the, the Ghostbusters fans, it would have been about our age. We all loved it because it was in keeping with what we were watching at the time because we had Spider-Man Unlimited and all the type of jazz. Um, 
but then for newer audiences it, it looked like it because it was drawn the same way men the men in black cartoon was drawn as well so yeah. there was a everything again it was a, an era where everything pretty much looked the same so when somebody did something that stood out like extreme ghostbusters because even the toys that came out for that were amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it wasn't just extreme ghostbusters it, that was in that style it was also the um the godzilla cartoon which i still say is really fucking good mm. and also the uh, it was very short-lived i think it was a season they made a you remember that movie evolution like yeah yeah, and they made them. They, made, uh, yeah, they had a, a, an animation. Yeah. yeah, they had a cartoon about that, and I just it immediately picked off from the uh, the movie, and it honestly wasn't that bad. And uh, the Godzilla cartoon, even like the Japanese liked it. It was like a true to form Godzilla series. It was a monster of the week show. He had his atomic breath. Uh, he wasn't a pushover. It was like. And they were all in that, that same style, but I also realized they're all basically continuations of movies. Mm. So like, hey, this one studio got all these movie licenses and made cartoons out of them. But the, the, yeah, the, prob- the problem was that they didn't last is because they were all, it was ahead of their time. Yeah. But now yeah. we're in this age of interconnectivity, do you know? Mm. Um, where I mean, and you have again to point back to Marvel, where they've got now. I hear I haven't seen the latest Spider-Man, but I hear now as a result of it, Charlie Cox's Daredevil is getting another series, but this time with Marvel, which is I'm all for that. I think he's a great Daredevil. Um, I'd like to see them do something with John Berlinthal's Punisher. Do you know? Yeah, because they also brought the, um, Kingpin into the um, the Hawkeye show. Yeah, yeah. That would, uh, I think that was really, really good. And according to Vincent D'Onofrio, it, it is the same version. So, and we're getting Moonlight. I can't believe that. I saw the Moonlight trailer. Uh, I have my issues with it. But uh, he is, he will be one of my favorite uh, ever comic book heroes because we know he is mentally unstable. Oh, yeah. He is um, legitimately and, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and that's a character trait. Yeah, and um, I think that's really exciting. Um, the only the, the like the, the like, and then we'll we'll go back to Ghostbusters. But he's talked about this because not very many people I know know about Moonlight. <laughs> um, the the thing I wasn't particularly fond of is that we only really seem to see one personality. Yeah, uh, maybe so far, two. You never know. Yeah, but it's apparently it's only six episodes. Well, you gotta um, something like Moon Knight. You gotta introduce it slowly. I find because hmm. not everyone's gonna really understand the concept of Moon Knight, which is basically a. Let's be honest. It's a little bit of a Marvel's Batman, <laughs> like Batman but color swapped. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my original character. Do not steal. Um, but um, yeah, but even the whole idea of like where in the it, it used to be, it kind of changed around the Ultimates and that, but it used to be in the comics where nobody you weren't really sure if he did, if he was gifted powers, or he was just mental. Um, yeah, like there's, it's doing the rounds on the. Call him B. 
Yeah, like it's doing the rounds now at the minute, where it's the scene in the comics where he's trying to find Dracula who owes him money. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, it, 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 if whoever's listening to this, it's it's going to show up on your Instagram eventually if you, if, um, because it is just bonkers because he like literally travels the world, interrupts the Avengers because he's convinced that Dracula is an Avenger and it, it's just because he owes him money. Where is that um, fucking like, scene? He owes me 15 bucks. Yeah. Do you know, and I hope, obviously, because because we, I, I think, I do think Blade's going to be a very, very, very big part of this when he comes into it, the uh, the whole phase and the whole next stage of Marvel. Um, yeah, because they're basically they building the, the, the Midnight Suns at this point. Mm. Which, uh, Really looking forward to. I if they do do another Ghost Rider, it has to be Nick Cage. Oh my god! Can you imagine that? Like I'm no other that. actor can be Ghost Rider. Because I know the uh, he did cameo in the um, um, Agents of Shield. Like they had the second Ghost Rider in there, the the, the new Ghost Rider, the the kid. I forget his name. Uh, but he, you basically see he got his powers from um, uh, Johnny Cage. Um, not Johnny mm. Cage. Um, crap. What's the name of Ghost Rider Secret Identity again? It's the Daredevil guy. Um, Johnny West? Hold on. No, it's... Uh, No, it's um. You're. I think you're in the right vein, if I remember correctly. Because, uh, the I think Ghost Rider was one of the reasons Nicholas Cage chose name Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Uh, what is it now? Johnny Blaze. Okay. Yeah, I was getting there. Nearly there, but um, yeah. So it's all very, it's all very exciting. Very much so. So I'm very curious to that because, man, if they do like a a real Midnight Sun movie, that's gonna be cool. Because, uh, and a lot of people might not know this, but Dracula is like a legitimate threat in the uh, Marvel universe. Like he's like an mm. actual presence, and like he's an he's an old enemy of Captain America, which I just kind of find hilarious. So that's going to be interesting if they ever go down that road, if they actually bring Dracula in, because it would work. Like Dracula is a 100%, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dracula is public domain, so anyone can use him as a concept. So I'm very curious to see what Marvel would do with the character. Uh, speaking of Marvel, um, I actually just watched the, um, what was it there? Uh, the Eternals this week. I finally got around to watching it. We that's actually on my list for uh, next week. There's one or two things that I want I watched this week, but um, I I I don't have any feelings towards it so far. I haven't obviously I haven't watched it yet, but even looking at the trailers, um, I have not been impressed at all. I'll be honest, like the trailers don't really sell the story. Like you don't. Watching the trailers, you really don't get a sense of what the, the what's going on. 
but well, like you know i sat down and i watched and like i liked it it's not bad uh, i find there's some stuff there's that's very superfluous but the lore it adds to the marvel universe is very interesting so i would say like if you're like a you know, really into the marvel cinematic universe and all that and you're really enjoying these things that you will legitimately enjoy it it's really fun uh, there are some things I liked. There are some things I didn't like. Uh, some things like like I finding I'm finding a lot of companies in in a way to maintain mystery. They're underselling their product before it's released. Hmm. Like, let me give you an example. Um, remember, I told you earlier uh, I I picked up uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus this week. Yeah. Now, originally, I didn't plan on getting it because there was very, very little information released by Nintendo uh, about what the game actually was. You know, they just gave you a little droplets of information here and there. But the game leaked uh, during the week. So since uh, last weekend, the entire game leaked. Everyone knew what everyone, all the entire Pokedex, everyone had an idea of what's going on in the game. And the reports have been in that... Uh, pre-orders were skyrocketing after that came out. So it's not a question of like knowing everything in the game, but like when you had a better understanding what the fuck, what's go, what the fuck is going on, it sold better. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the problem with the Eternals is that the watching the trailers, you do not get a good sense of the plot and what's going on. It's one of those like- Yeah, I think- I, it... It's one of those movies where, like, they try too hard to show off that they don't actually show what their product is about, and people have a trouble investing in it. I think, yeah, I think that's what's kind of why I haven't jumped really jumped on it very quickly, um, especially the line of Eternals assemble um, in in the in the trailer, and. Uh, but down on the other side, I'm also a person who would complain that, you know, you see most of the movie in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays for a lot of stuff. But yeah, no, I, I, I am going to watch this. Uh, as I say, I don't know if it would top the likes of Ghostbusters Afterlife for me as a cinematic experience. Um, but I'm, but again, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of weight onto that. Uh, and nostalgia, which I think we've talked about before in the previous episode, that whole like we put so much weight on these things that we associated that we kind of grew up with, that you know, it can ruin things in many ways. Like I'm already prepared not to enjoy a movie that I've I've seen a trailer a couple of times for, which verbalizing it now is just bonkers. Yeah. Do you know? Um, but yeah. I'll watch it. I'll watch it, and then we can do another episode out where I go, yeah, yeah. This is not great. It's not Moon Knight. Because <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen. Um, we only we only watched the first Tom Holland Spider Man movie a couple of weeks ago. I haven't seen two or the new one. Really no. Yeah. Um, has. <sighs> Yeah, I've seen I've seen him in in all the other bits, and it, it, he is really good Spider Man. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that he isn't. Um, but I've just not been in any massive rush to see it. Now, obviously, we all know by now in No Way Home, the internet has has ruined it. What happens? Yeah. Uh, I've I've read the comics and things like that, so 
like multiple Spider-Mans isn't isn't new. I I do I do really like it. For that reason, I think I really want to see it, um, especially if it gives Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield at least one more Spider-Man movie each. No, um, and even if they don't get another movie, if they continue their stories in uh, into the Spider-Verse, I'd personally be happy with that too. Mm. Oh, yeah, I think that would be a, a really good one. Uh, I, I, my favorite Spider-Man, Spider-Man, the second favorite Spider-Man, actually, the Spider-Man 2099, in the new one, I'm looking forward to. Um, He's a big part. Still of holding out hope. You know, from uh, what I can discern, yeah, because it looks like that's setting up an Exiles movie, mm-hmm. which would be cool. Dude, I would yeah. love an Exiles movie. Like personally, the Exiles were some of my favorite um, books that I read. And the thing I liked about the Exiles, they can do whatever they want because they were not established characters and they were like multiverse, so they can kill off, bring in whoever they want. And, yo, know, I think some of the characters from that series were amazing. Blink, Morph, Mimic, uh, Nocturne, like the entire cast was great. And uh, I just like, have very fond memories of that book. And I think Mimic, as a, as a, as a character concept, he had a very interesting power in that if he spent enough time around somebody, he can duplicate their powers, but only hold up to five powers and only have that power be like maybe 10% of itself. So since he was like a, a big X-Men from his world, like he copied Colossus, Wolverine, Cyclops, uh, I think Psylocke and Beast or something like that, or, or Angel. And he's just like, oh, he was a really cool character. I liked him a lot. Like a Blink is by far one of my favorite comic book characters of all time like she like her and more for like the soul of that book they were so much fun mm. uh, more was just great in that book like I, I like loved it but if they actually make an exiles that would be so good because they kind of did a spider-man only exiles a little bit with the spider-verse stuff yeah and after the, the inheritor stuff was done you had different spiders who had like watches that let them jump from reality to reality. And they were basically different spider people getting together, which was fun for a while. I'm also a big fan of Mayday Parker, the the spider girl from MC2. So that's also my other favorite comic book character of all time. So any, anything with her always made me happy, but you can tell Marvel wants to get away from her because they don't Mm. find her very marketable because it's the daughter of Spider-Man. So by default, they want to keep Spider-Man young, therefore having his daughter around kind of hurts the whole thing. But then, yeah, but then again, that's where Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man comes in. Yes, and I know it's going to sound very silly, but there's a line in the movie where he's like, he's like, so, you know, how'd you and MJ make it work? No, 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 we had some rough patches, but we made it work. And I'm like, I wish he just like name dropped or like, you know, mentioned that they maybe had a daughter or something like that. It would have made me really happy. It's like, yay, they, they're, they're bringing in Mayday. It's like, oh, you know, me, MJ, May. And it's like, wait, Aunt May's still alive? Oh, no, no, the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, that would have been- that, really- That's something that probably come out in the, in the Blu-ray. Yeah, because you know, that, that's something they've been teasing in the comics too, and that, They've been using Mephisto a lot in the, in the Spider-Man comics recently. And there was this panel that basically Doctor Strange is like, why are you so obsessed with Spider-Man? I don't get it. Like, why him? 
And Mephisto is explaining like, you know, I've seen my rise to power. I've seen me triumph over everybody. I've seen all the, the what ifs. But then at the end of it, it's always him. It's always Spider-Man coming to stop me. And I can't see past that moment. And you basically have this drawing of all, of all the characters being defeated and Spider-Man coming in at the last second. And then when, um, when Doctor Strange leaves, like, oh, you know, it's like, uh, then Mephisto has like, he's saying like, you know, you basically realize he was lying, but not really. And that he didn't see him beating the current day Avengers. He saw him beating the future Avengers. And rather than Spider-Man coming at him, it's Mayday Parker coming for him. And so that's why you know, he targeted, oh, cool. yeah, which is why he targeted Spider-Man the way he does. It's like, he knows that his, the, the basically the daughter of Spider-Man is going to be his undoing. Now, what they do with that That's in the cool. comics, I have no idea. But like, I just as a big uh, and Mayday fan, I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. With that, unfortunately, I hear crying children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I might have to cut this one a bit short. Uh, unfortunately, no um, uh, we got enough in. So, well, thank you for joining me today, Dylan. Hope you have a great uh, weekend. Say hello to the kids. Give them uh, nice kisses from uh, from all their adoring fans. Will do. And I think uh, Joe, I will get on watching Eternals, and I think then we need to have another another discussion. Yeah, because I think on this platform they slept on Eternals, honestly. And I mm. think like um, the lore it drops in is very interesting. And I'm just going to give you this. Do you know anything about Earth X in the Marvel comics? very small amount they're using lore from earth x with the celestials which made me really happy because i thought it was a very good lore and i think we lost dylan so with that thank you everybody for tuning in all three people who who listen to this podcast uh this is peter from medallion comics signing off I wish you all a great day, happy weekend, and beautiful February. Take care and signing off.